You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Let's talk NFL draft. This is going to be all about quarterback prospects in 2021. Which prospects do I like for the 49ers? Where might they fall in the draft? Who could be there when the 49ers pick what's looking like going to be a pick in the first half of round one in April? Or should they wait until round two or later to draft a quarterback? And if you don't believe me, I'm going to bring on a special guest analyst at the Draft Network, Jordan Reed, to give his opinions on these prospects. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. At BD Peacock is where you can find me on Twitter. If you want to get involved in the Winky Wednesday mailbag, we'll hit a couple questions there with Nick Wednesday. It's a little shorter week. There's not going to be an episode Friday, but we will still drop that crossover Thursday episode this week, looking ahead at week 12 and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Today, it's all about the NFL draft, though. We're looking forward. We're looking into the future a little bit as of the end of week 11. The 49ers would be drafting 14th overall, but there's what? 12 teams between 3 and 15 that all have either 3 or 4 wins. So a ton is up in the air as far as draft order goes in the first half of round 1. And of course, the 49ers could go on a run and not even be drafting in the top 15. So a lot to still be decided. Still some football for these college prospects to play and workouts and everything leading up to the draft. So everything's subject to change. But what I've seen so far, we're going to talk a little bit about that and we'll get Jordan's opinions on some of these prospects as well Uh, near the top of the draft. And it starts with Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He's the number one quarterback prospect in this draft. He's the number one prospect period in this draft. And according to most analysts, he is the top prospect in a while, you know, since Andrew Luck and maybe before that since Peyton Manning and even before that since John Elway. He's on that level of what some people will call a generational prospect, but it's not so much of a generational prospect if you can remember a few years back when there was a guy that was, you know, on par with him. But that's Andrew Luck for me was the one that was that's the number one that I can remember when since I've been paying attention to this kind of stuff that was at the top of the heap and Trevor Lawrence is right there so that's what kind of prospect Trevor Lawrence is and he's been on a collision course with the number one overall pick in the draft since he started playing so well as a freshman for Clemson and he's won titles and he's played a ton of games he's battle tested he looks the part he's listed 6'6 220 might not quite be that tall but he and he's got all the arm strength you could ever need he's just got a pure arm easy accuracy can throw to all levels on the field just athletic as well so he's the he's the complete package at quarterback which is why everyone is raving so much about Trevor Lawrence and if you haven't watched him play it's pretty easy to see why he would be the number one pick in the NFL draft and right on his heels is Justin Fields and it's really interesting that these two players have been linked for so long they came from the same state they came out of Georgia I think both were somewhat near Atlanta as prospects, they were the one and two quarterback recruits coming out of high school. They both went to powerhouse programs. You got to be a pretty darn good recruit to roll into Clemson and Ohio State and be playing as early as these guys did for those powerhouse programs. And they're still going to be linked and, and they're fighting it out to be the top prospects again a few years later, this time in the NFL draft, if they do both declare, which I think they will when you can go as high as number one and number two. And 
I'm not going to spend a ton of time on these two prospects because the 49ers are just not going to be drafting high enough right now. The 0-10 Jets, the 1-9 Jacksonville Jaguars, they're getting pretty close to locking up those top two picks, and I can't see them going away from quarterback right now. And and it's pretty clear that these quarterbacks are in their own tier at the top physically and as prospects, and they've played a lot of football or enough football, especially Trevor Lawrence for how young he is. He's, he's still played at a high level. For a while now, and Justin Fields in his second year as a full-time starter, which is important. You got to get those two full years as a starter in because you don't want to have that one-year wonder tag. And looking back at Haskins and Trubisky and some quarterbacks that looked the part but didn't have a track record and play a bunch of games and able to go through the process of developing as a quarterback can really hurt you jumping into the next level. So really, they just check a lot of boxes. And Justin Fields isn't as tall as Trevor Lawrence. He's you know, 6'3", 225. He's built really well. He almost moves. He's really under control. He's not like some skinny run-first quarterback either because he's got an arm. I'd say it's a tick below where Lawrence is arm-wise, arm-talent-wise, but it's, it's, it's there. He's, he's the total package physically. He's got an arm, and he can run. He almost looks like Russell Wilson sometimes, the way he plays, because he's, he's somewhat thick and, and strong-looking. And like Russ was a former baseball player and can throw on the move like a shortstop sometimes. And he can throw running left, can throw running right. It's the way he moves out of the pocket and he's looking to throw first, but he can run. And then he can just fire off these rifle shots. So just tons of talent with these top two quarterbacks. And I, I would be surprised if they don't go one, two. And I'd be surprised if they don't go in that order with Trevor Lawrence one and Justin Fields solidly in the second spot. If you're nitpicking either one of those quarterbacks, Lawrence, just because there's so much talent on his team and you have the best team and it's easy to rack up a lot of wins like that. But we already saw that with Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson sort of crushed those (laughs) narratives. And so as long as the leadership is there for Trevor Lawrence, uh, you don't worry about the rest of that. And he's more physically gifted. He's bigger and better armed than Deshaun Watson was even coming out of the same college at Clemson. And for Fields, it's a similar deal where he's playing in maybe some some people call it more of a gimmicky offense, but um, it's not quite as translatable, even though there's so many RPOs and zone reads going on in the NFL and offenses and schemes. So there is a lot of translatable stuff with whatever, you know, quote unquote pro schemes in college or pro, quote unquote uh, college schemes developing into the pros. I think we've already seen that with too many quarterbacks coming out of college and um, it's it, it all translates at, at some point if you can play quarterback. So I think some of those criticisms of Fields might be a little bit overblown. But again, competition, he's on one of the better teams and he's always got better people on his team than than the opponents. And you could say some some of that about Mac Jones as well at Alabama and said it with Tua last year. Tua had four first round wide receivers on his roster. Two went in the first round last year. Two more Waddle and Smith are probably going to go in the first round this year that Mac Jones gets to throw to. So yeah, having... A lot of really good players on your team definitely helps you out as a quarterback. So when you have a level playing field, are you going to be able to rise above that with prospects? And that's something you've got to really get deep into these guys' heads. And it's it's one of the hardest parts of scouting any position, especially quarterbacks going into the NFL. After those two, number three for me is Zach Wilson out of BYU. Number four is Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, who is, is a little bit of a difficult evaluation for me, and I want to hear Jordan's opinion there. And then after that, it's Mac Jones from Alabama and Kyle Trask from Florida. Those are the quarterbacks I'm going to focus in on with this podcast because I think those are the six that have first round 
potential. They, I don't think all six will necessarily go in the first round, but those are the six that could be in that conversation first round, maybe into midway through the second round. So to help me with breaking up the next group of quarterbacks, I'm going to bring on today's guest, Jordan Reed of the Draft Network next. Protecting your family is the number one priority, but if you want to do it safely, the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or your purse or wherever you need to feel safe. Yet while small, they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Guns carry unnecessary risks for you and those around you, and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker, and it's often ineffective. Taser products are safer and easy to use. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send emergency dispatch to your GPS location. And Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus or Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com, promo code NFL, T-A-S-E-R.com. Again, promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Joining me now is Jordan Reed, Senior NFL Draft Analyst for the Draft Network at J. Reed NFL. Jordan, thanks for joining me, man. You made some waves this week talking about quarterback Zach Wilson. There's a, there's a big fan club for Zach Wilson already growing amongst 49ers fans. Yeah, so a couple of things I have to say. I am not the Jordan Reed that plays <laughs> for the 49ers. <laughs> I get that guy. joke a lot. And then also, I did not know it was Zach Wilson or die with the 49ers. I was just posting the tweet about Zach and how much I thought he fit in the 49ers offense. And little did I know, Everybody from 49ers Twitter found me. It's hilarious. I've seen so many times how you get tagged and people are mad at you for being an injured tight end in the NFL. That is not you. This is a different Jordan Reed. This is the draft analyst Jordan Reed. Yeah, I want to quote you on that tweet you sent out. Yeah, people were on fire about this. You said, through five games of BYU, quarterback Zach Wilson, I don't think there's a better fit for him than the 49ers. He's already doing a lot of things that they incorporate in their offense. Quick launch point changes, mesh, play action off outside zone, boots, RPOs off of inside zone, and outside zone too. What what have you seen from Zach Wilson so far as a total prospect? And uh, man, obviously you love that fit for the 49ers, which a lot of 49ers fans already are on board with. Yeah, he's a really interesting prospect, Brian, just because he wasn't on a lot of guys' radars coming into the year. And he kind of is like he has that little Joe Burrow factor with him. And what I mean by that is, yes, he's not playing SEC competition, but as far as just coming basically out of nowhere, and he was labeled as about a fifth or sixth round draft, a draft prospect a year ago coming into the year. He had, Coming into this year, uh, he had had surgery on his thumb, then also his throwing shoulder as well. So there wasn't a lot of people expecting this from him. But across any position, you can make a strong argument that he's helped his draft stock more than anybody this year. And yes, he's beating up on some soft teams as far as his schedule right now, but he can't control what's going on with the schedule. All he can do is go out there and consistently produce. And that's what he has done. And a lot of people were saying that, oh, it'll calm down. He'll he'll kind of sizzle. He'll fizzle out a little bit as the year goes on. But as you see, He's constantly putting the good production together and just all the traits that I talked about in that tweet, it really has translated to that BYU offense this year. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's going off in that offense right now. 26 to two touchdown to interception ratio. 
level of competition is a question, but at one point, Boise State was ranked. I don't know if they still are, but uh, that was like the game where everyone was just putting highlight clips on Twitter and just super excited where he you know, threw for 360 yards and three touchdown passes. I love the release. I love how he's not afraid to go to different arm angles and just the, the arm talent altogether is super impressive. So talked about how high his stock has risen. I've seen him as high as number three overall. I've seen him, you know, in the 15 mid first round range. Uh, where do you have him now? Where do you think it shakes out for Zach Wilson in this class? I actually had him going number four overall to the New York Giants a couple of weeks ago in my latest mock draft. So that just goes to show you that don't get your hopes up too high. San Francisco 49ers <laughs> fans, just because he might go a little bit earlier than what you're expecting. But there's always a trade up situation that the 49ers could entertain. And we'll see what happens. It's a long way to go until April. But like I said, it's Zach Wilson to die with the 49ers. But um, he will be a fantastic fit there. And there isn't a team out there I think he would fit better. And just just comparing some of the things like the arm angles you said, the way he's able to throw off platform, and just a lot of the things that Kyle Shanahan likes to bring into his offense with the quick play actions, the RPOs, I just think he would be a really, really good fit there. I think one thing that might hold Zach Wilson back, not as an NFL quarterback, but just in evaluations when he stands next to the other prospects. And I don't even know if there's going to be a combine, but if he's standing next to these guys and walking through the underwear Olympics at the combine, he's mm-hmm. listed at 6'3", 209 or something like that. He's not the most physically impressive guy. Maybe it's like he has sort of a cartoon head or his helmet's too big. He's got one of those new helmets, something. He looks really small to me. I have, I have questions whether or not he's even actually 6'3", but even if he's 6'2", and a lot of people come in an inch shorter and 10 pounds heavier, and so if he's 6'2", 220, I mean, that's what Aaron Rodgers was coming out of Cal, right? So it's not like it's a problem, but I think still standing next to those other guys, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, obviously, and even Trey Lance and Mac Jones and some other quarterback prospects, he's going to be maybe a little bit physically not quite as impressive as some of those guys. So. Do you think that might hurt him in the end when it's, say, if it comes down to a team that's drafting not in the top two and they're looking at Zach Wilson and they're looking at Trey Lance and they're thinking, man, uh, this other guy's maybe a little bit more physically impressive? And it's actually funny you mentioned that. Just going back and looking at my report prior to the season, I said, if you're playing a pickup basketball game and you're a captain picking teams, he probably will be one of the last guys that you pick in the lineup that you're going from. So I think there is some questions about his overall size, and he doesn't look like an athlete on the hook if you're just looking at him. But um, I would say he's about 6'2", 205. I think that probably would be, um, if I was guessing or betting it over under, I think that would probably be fair for him. And I think medicals are going to be big for him, just like I alluded to earlier with the shoulder. He has had shoulder surgery back in 2019 and then on the throwing thumb as well. So there is some durability concerns with him there. And then he doesn't have the biggest frame in the world either, but he's showing some really good stuff this year as far as he's taking some big hits in the pocket. He's not scared to throw that stare down the barrel of the gun and throw under pressure as well. So it's just a matter of we not really know as far as how well he's going to hold up until, until he's in the league. So it's kind of hard to guess that right now, but just looking at his frame, I completely understand why there would be some concern there. Yeah, and that might actually, in the end, help some teams like the 49ers or Broncos or whatever teams are drafting in that range that that aren't in the top five but are drafting in the top 15 that might have a chance to draft him, whereas they might not if he was actually you know, 6'4", 225, like some of the other quarterbacks in this class. And speaking of some of them, uh, I don't want to take all your time here today, and I appreciate you joining me here, Jordan, but a couple other prospects that, that aren't going to go in the top two of the draft that the 49ers might have an opportunity to take if they like them. And I saw a video that you did uh, at the draft network, which by the way, kudos to you. You guys are killing it. You kill the game. I love how early you have stuff up on, uh, on prospects. It's a year round thing for you guys. It's like, I don't need to read a scouting report 
in April. I already know who the guys are in April. I don't care who has the best mock draft the morning before. I want to have content in November, which you guys do. You have content in September about the upcoming draft class. So I love all of the content you guys are putting out there at the Draft Network. You did a video talking about how Mac Jones of Alabama could be a fit for the 49ers as well. Can you talk a little bit about him as a prospect? Yeah, so the reason why I said Mac Jones is that there's probably going to be four quarterbacks that end up going in the top 10. If I had to guess right now with Lawrence and Fields, those guys will probably be in a Carson Wentz and Jared Goff situation of where they go back to back at one and two overall. Didn't you get into a Trey Lance and Zach Wilson? I think those four probably shoe wins to go top 10 if I'm just guessing right now. Now we have a long way to April. You have other guys coming into the equation like a Kyle Trask whose stock is steadily rising week by week with how well he's playing. But then you have Mac Jones, who seems to kind of be – he's kind of left out of the crowd for whatever reason. Or maybe it's because of the physical size. He's once again in that Zach Wilson situation where he's not the biggest physically imposing guy. Then he's not as physically gifted as some of these other guys as well. But similar to Jimmy Garoppolo, you don't have to have that big arm to have success in a Kyle Shanahan type of system. We saw it with Matt Ryan, a guy that doesn't have a super big arm, but he's super smart. I mean, he knows where to go with the ball. And even though he's not a very mobile guy, he understands how to work the pocket. And that's why I said that Mac Jones is very similar in how he could have success in a similar type of situation as uh, Matt Ryan did and Jimmy Garoppolo when he was in his heyday when he first got with the 49ers. And I said that just because let's say the 49ers do miss out on one of those top four guys and they enter a situation of where they want to trade up, maybe into the back half of the first round or even into the early second round. So now you're getting, let's say they elect to go cornerback let's say they take a a Caleb Farley or a JC Horn with that top 15 selection if they end up there and then they want to trade back up into the bottom half of the first round or even the second round and I think Jones will probably go in probably the Andy Dalton area what I like to call it so probably early to mid 40s I think that's a fair range for him and he kind of he kind of compares very favorably stylistically to Andy Dalton but I think he has a little bit more upside and I think he has a little bit of a stronger arm as well. And like I said, he's not as physically gifted as some of these top four guys in the class, but it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being one of the better, maybe not the best, but one of the better of the bunch, just because of how smart he is a player that immediately came in after Tua got hurt last year. And he, he contributed very nicely. He played really well in the Michigan game last year in the bowl game. And he's played really well. He's been lights out this year. So I know he's not going to be stylistically the arm talent that Zach Wilson is, and maybe he doesn't have the mobility of a Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, or even a Trey Lance. But if you're looking for a super smart guy that I think can be a little bit better of a deep passer than what Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think now you're talking about a Mac Jones being uh, a stylistically type of good fit for Kyle Shanahan in that offense. No, it's a good point because he doesn't wow you physically with a cannon arm or size or speed, but I think he throws one of the prettiest deep balls. And that's really important. It's not all about arm strength. It's about some touch sometimes. And Mac Jones definitely has that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a super underrated component about him. He doesn't have he's not going to chuck it 50, 60 yards down the field. But whenever he does it, it is always it is always really good ball placement. And he puts it in areas of where only his guys can catch it. And it's a good point, because if the 49ers are sitting there at, say, 12 to 15 and they're like, man, we have to give up an absurd amount of picks and uh, and players to try to move up into the top 10 to draft a quarterback here. It's a lot cheaper to go from where they're going to be, you know, 40 to 45 range in round two and get up a few spots and maybe even at the end of round one. It's a lot cheaper to go get a quarterback there. So all of these evaluations from one through, you know, six or seven with the quarterbacks in this class that's stacking up to be a really good class uh, is going to be important for the 49ers. So they could go a number of directions still, which is why this offseason is going to be so much fun in San Francisco. Yeah, and it might not be the sexy pick with Mac Jones, but consider the situation with the 49ers at corner. We know Richard Sherman is getting older. 
Um, Akilah Weatherspoon just hasn't taken that next step in his development. And I think Emmanuel Mosley is probably a bona fide number two. I think that would be fair for him. So you get that first round corner mm -hmm. and then you still end up getting your quarterback of the future as well. We'll see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. We know he has a no trade clause, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. But you have your quarterback of the future. And then whenever Richard Sherman elects to hang it up, you already have that first round guy waiting in the wings as well. More with Jordan Reed coming up and I'll wrap up my thoughts on these top 2021 quarterback prospects. Are you hitting a wall during this bye week in the 49ers season? Are you hitting a wall preparing for an odd holiday season? Power through that wall with Built Go. Whether it's a mental wall, a physical wall, break through it with Go every day. It's a small packet, one and a half ounces, very easy to take. Put it in your glove compartment, in your pocket, in your backpack, in your briefcase, in your golf bag to power through the back nine. And Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash of his over-sugared beverage, and it's good for you. It's natural. It's better for your body. Three delicious flavors of Built Go, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. They are filled with protein, collagen protein specifically because it's fast-absorbing, gets in your system fast, and it's easy on the stomach. Beta-alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. A couple of quick questions before I let you go, Jordan. Uh, Kyle Trask, how close is he to being the, the fourth, fifth, sixth quarterback in this class? Is he behind Mac Jones for you? So I text scouting buddies within the industry all the time, and I get a wide range of opinions about him. I've got Nick Foles. Okay. <laughs> I've got some upper upper tier quarterbacks as well. So opinions are really all over the place on him. And it wouldn't surprise me if he does end up going in the first round, just because we see every year that surprise quarterback go in the first round. We know how premium of a position that quarterback is as well. And I think the supply is probably not going to meet the demand for the quarterback position this year. We know this is a very strong quarterback class, especially at the top, but there's going to be so many teams throughout the league that need a quarterback, whether it's because their guy's just getting older or they just have a contract that they want to get rid of and they want to get that young guy of the future in there as well. But with Trask, I would probably say if I had to guess right now, if I was a betting man, I think he would go in the back half of the first round just because of those varying opinions that I do have. But he's going to be one of the most polarizing prospects this year without question. Last one for you, Jordan, and it's the other quarterback that could be potentially in that early mid first round area. And if Zach Wilson does jump Trey Lance and, and becomes the third quarterback in this class. Maybe the 49ers are sitting there on the board. I don't know about fit for Trey Lance with the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan. Do you like the fit there? Maybe a little bit of a, a longer term developmental prospect there just because we haven't seen a lot of Trey Lance. And if you want to talk about level of competition for Zach Wilson, I mean, it, it's absolutely the case as well for Trey Lance. We only got to see one game from him this year where he had more rushing yards than passing yards. Who is Trey Lance the prospect? And do you think... Uh, his lack of playing time and like it's really hard for me to wrap my brain around where he should go in the draft and where he'll ultimately end up and, and his fit with the 49ers potentially. Yeah so what you're noticing about a lot of prospects that have either opted out or we've only seen a couple times this year is that a lot of fans get recency bias so you see Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, yes. Kyle Trask, Mac Jones all these guys are killing it and then what you forget about is how Trey Lance how good he was as a freshman and then we only saw him one time this year uh, against Central Arkansas when they played 
uh, in that showcase game there. He didn't look overly great, but I don't think that should move the needle in either direction for him just because it's such a small sample size. But just speaking on sample size, only playing 17 games, that's really going to scare a lot of executives away just because there haven't been there hasn't been a lot of quarterbacks that have played that small of a sample size that have went on to have success. So guys that have I believe it was 15 career games or or smaller sample size that went on to be first round selections are Cam Newton, Mark Sanchez, um, Dwayne Haskins and Mitchell Trubisky. So as you can see, it's a very mixed bag yeah. uh, with that there. And there's not a whole lot of success outside of Cam Newton. Sanchez was good early on, but he flamed out. After that, so the sample size is going to be something with Trey Lance, and I think he's probably only scratching the surface of what he can be. But we see you just want instant success with a lot of these guys, and I always say fans like their they like their prospect like fast food. They want them ready right now, ready to go, and being able to satisfy them. So he has to go into a situation. I think he needs to sit for a year, so if he can go and find somebody or be with a team that he can sit behind an established veteran. Let him sit a year, let him learn the ropes, let him learn the program. I think he has some accuracy things that he needs to improve on as well. And you just need to ease him into a situation. But if he's thrown into the fire right now, I don't think it's going to end very good for Trey Lance. On that point with quarterbacks coming in, and we thought that uh, that Justin Herbert was like, ah, maybe a little bit raw, maybe it'll take a little bit of time. It's like, nope, he's ready to go. Are quarterbacks more ready to go than ever? And if that's the case, would that help someone like Trey Lance to be able to jump in and play? And maybe with how much ball he's played in seven on sevens his whole life, they're just more ready to play now than ever. See, it was a little bit different with Herbert just because he was a senior, played over 40 career games in his time. So he saw a lot of stuff. Then he went down at the senior bowl and I thought he was one of the better players down there. He won MVP there as well. And I think Justin Herbert was kind of a weird case of where he just didn't fit schematically of what they were trying to do at Oregon. They were just simply trying to win games. So what happened with Herbert is that a lot of things that they were doing, it just wasn't best for him. But now he's in a vertically based offense of where he can just chuck it all over the field, which is what you always wanted to do with him. But at Oregon, they were so side to side and east and west based with their offense. You really never got to see what he can do. And then he never had the big win. Uh, until his last game against the in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin, where he really was just running the ball for the most part. So we really didn't get to see his full potential at Oregon. So his success isn't surprising me a whole bunch. It's just one of those weird cases of where now he's in a fit schematically of what he should have been doing the entire time, and he's just thriving from it. So I haven't done as much work, obviously, as you have on these quarterbacks, but what I've watched, and I've watched a ton this week with the 49ers on by, I have them. Um, as and it seems like this is kind of the consensus. I want to see if you agree with this order. It goes Trevor Lawrence won pretty easily. Justin Fields pretty close, although this last week wasn't his best outing, I think. Uh number two overall. And then you're talking about Wilson three, Trey Lance four, Mac Jones five, Kyle Trask six. Yeah, so that three to six range is really like a toss-up right now. I would say three and four is a toss-up between Lance. And then also Wilson, there's a lot of people that have them interchangeable. I like Wilson a little bit better right now uh, than Lance, even though the sample size is a little bit better. Well, they're pretty much even for the most part, but just as far as the traits that I think translate immediately, I just like Wilson, trust him a little bit more. Uh, But after that, you're talking about Kyle Trask um, and then Mac Jones. And then after that, I think there's, there's a bit of a precipitous drop off after that, after those first six guys. So that three to six, I think all those guys are still battling. And I don't think that battle is going to be ending until April, but as far as that one and two spot, those are probably the only two that are locked in. And there's probably going to be some teams that have fields as the top <laughs> quarterback just because you hear the rumors coming out after the draft every year of how uh, some teams have fields one and then Lawrence second and then vice versa. But that three to six spot, I can't wait to see how that 
uh, unfolds as we get closer to April. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And Fields and Lawrence have been linked forever because they were part of that same recruiting class and they were one and two then. And so that'll be fun to see how they that all shakes out. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of schadenfreude going on with teams trying to uh, put the wrong name out there. So the guy they actually like <laughs> falls to yeah. them in the draft, which is always fun, too. So I can't wait and I can't wait to continue to see all the stuff you guys are doing over there at the Draft Network. You can find everything at draftnetwork.com. You can find Jordan at J. Reed NFL on Twitter. He is not the NFL tight end. He is the draft analyst, the senior draft analyst at the Draft Network. Jordan, I appreciate the time, man. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me, Brian. It was a pleasure. Fantastic stuff there from Jordan Reed. Some interesting comps he threw out there, too, that I hadn't thought of before. Nick Foles for Kyle Trask. I can totally see that because he's a bigger guy, 6'5", 230, but he's not a complete goon. You know, he, he can operate uh, with his feet a little bit, and he doesn't wow you with his arm, but he can make the throws. I kind of like that comp for him, even though it's not something that gets you excited about drafting a quarterback, especially in round one, which is why I think I like him a lot better in round two. Um, Mac Jones is another interesting one. He threw out the Andy Dalton comparison there, not so much as just sort of a, a prototype for him as a prospect, but the the value of him as a prospect, early second round type of player there. Stylistically, though, I mean, I can I can't help but agree with Jordan about him being sort of a Shanahan type, very Kirk Cousins like, you know, maybe a little bit more raw tools than Cousins. But really what I thought of when I'm hearing him talk about Mac Jones, and I don't know why I didn't put this one together before, rich man C.J. Beathard, right? Good, not cannon arm, tough, smart. Kyle Shanahan loves his tough quarterbacks, can operate efficiently in the pocket. I mean, uh, uh, a lot better a lot of these traits are than C.J. Beathard, especially with his touch and and throwing such a pretty ball. I think he's got a better arm than C.J. Beathard, but you know C.J. Beathard sort of has an overrated arm because people talk about him as he's got this cannon arm, so physically gifted, but that's just sort of compared to Nick Mullins, right? Jones has you know much quicker processor and just is better across the board. So uh, I can totally see Mac Jones being a Shanahan type. Will he be there in the second round for the 49ers? You know, 14, 15 overall might be a little bit too rich for guys like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask for me. So when you are sitting at pick, say, 14, as the 49ers would today, Zach Wilson, will he get there? Not the first choice in your uh, in your pickup basketball game, right, when everyone's lined up? It's a great visual that Jordan threw out there. But by the way, Zach Wilson was a hooper in high school too. And you can see that athleticism. You can see that athleticism. In a lot of these quarterbacks playing other sports and seeing how that translates baseball and basketball, not the first pick in your basketball pickup game, but he's also the type of guy that his team also then never leaves the court. Uh, he's an athlete throws lasers out there. He's a real fun player to watch, which is what I love about Zach Wilson and why 49ers fans have gotten so fired up watching those clips of a BYU passer, just slinging it all over the place. And the Niners have had a pretty good, uh, luck with some BYU quarterbacks in the past, namely Steve Young. One thing that's different about the way the ball comes out, though, is Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. Zach Wilson, better arm, but throws a little bit more of a flat ball, whereas Mac Jones throws this beautiful rainbow and has this nice touch. And Zach Wilson could throw some touch, too, but you know he'll, he'll miss some throws from time to time as well. Both those quarterbacks I've seen underthrow a few. So none of these quarterback prospects are perfect, obviously, but it's easy to get excited about some of them. Trey Lance is the interesting one. And this might be the Jimmy Garoppolo plan, too. Let's say you're the 49ers sitting there in the middle of the round, and 
I do like the names of a couple other prospects Jordan threw out there at cornerback if they're in that same range. Uh, Caleb Farley is a really good prospect at corner, which would be a perfect fit for the 49ers. He mentioned J.C. Horn, who was Joe Horn's kid who could go in that range. Both those guys are 6'1", plus have the length, athleticism, could play man or zone or whatever you need at corner. So I like those names for the 49ers if they don't go quarterback. But let's say the 49ers are sitting there between 10 and 15, and they don't want to trade up, but they want to see who falls. And maybe Zach Wilson falls, and it's they love him, and, and you draft him. Or maybe you move up a couple picks or whatever. But what if it's Trey Lance that falls? And he might be a bit of a one-year wonder. But 6'3", 6'4", 225 pounds, can really move, has a really good arm, dual threat type of a quarterback. He ended up at North Dakota State because some big programs wanted to move him to another position because he's athletic, which can happen to some quarterbacks. He wanted to play quarterback, so good on him, and he ended up at North Dakota State and then only got to play one game this year, which is going to be rough. He didn't get those two full seasons of starting ability, and he's playing teams like Central Arkansas. But by the way, against Central Arkansas in his one game this year, he threw his first career college interception. He rushed for, I think, 150 yards, threw for another almost 150 yards, two touchdowns, threw a pick. It wasn't amazing in this game. Would have liked to see him go out uh, with a little bit more of a bang. But last year, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions as a full-time starter. So he threw his first college interception uh, this year in his one game. So that's a pretty crazy stat for a guy who's uh, thought to be somewhat raw as a passer coming out of North Dakota State. So Trey Lance is an interesting one, though, in that mid-round one range. Let's say Lawrence Fields, Wilson are gone. Niners didn't trade up. They're sitting there at pick 14, and Trey Lance is still there. But they held on to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this is the Jimmy G plan that could be kind of fun. You bring it, you draft a quarterback like Trey Lance with all this talent, a ball of clay to push Garoppolo, has all the physical talent. Develop him for a full year. Don't plan to start him at all in 2021 unless he proves he's ready ahead of schedule or Garoppolo gets hurt again. You can still use him in a Taysom Hill or Jalen Hurts sort of a role, so you can still get him on the field, and you could sort of fast-track his development and have him play some games, and he could throw some passes for you. You could take Garoppolo off the field. You could play them both together. We've seen that be done with in multiple ways recently with quarterbacks, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan could drop all kinds of stuff with Trey Lance, and we saw him run a completely different show in Washington when he had RG3 there as a rookie. And then decide if you want to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo in 2022. I think that's a really interesting scenario if the 49ers don't want to move around or don't want to trade or maybe want to stick with Jimmy G and don't draft a quarterback unless one falls into their lap that they love. Maybe those quarterbacks are gone, they didn't move up, and now they're looking at their second-round pick and thinking Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, do we move up? Do we stand pat? So there's a ton of ways that this could go for the 49ers, a ton of evaluating still to go by the 49ers and by me, and I will continue to jump into all these guys, and, and I, I've still done uh, not enough work on all these quarterbacks, so I'm going to dive deeper into everybody the 49ers could potentially be drafting in round one and beyond as we go into the offseason, but I wanted to take a chance here at the bye week and look at some film and look at these first round quarterbacks to see what we have. And there is definitely a lot to like and a lot to be determined with these quarterback prospects. So if I missed your favorite quarterback, hit me up at BD Peacock on Twitter. We can talk about these players some more. And that conversation will continue tomorrow. We'll focus back on the current crop of 49ers on another Winky Wednesday right here. Locked on 49ers.